and two, help stop the genocide in American ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. This evening, we have a special guest, Minister Darlene Watts from Indiana. Okay, you're on the air. Thank you so very much, and greetings to everyone. Um, it, it is really, really an honor to be here, to be able to come on and share this message of hope with you all. I want to start just with a very brief prayer. Uh, Father, thank you for going before me, and I ask that you would hide me behind the cross uh, as the Holy Spirit would move through this message of hope. May lives be transformed as we seek a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give a quick disclaimer right up front so that you know where this message is designed to take us. Even in the midst of this pandemic, we as preachers and teachers simply can't afford to only preach a feel-good, it's-gonna-be-all-right message. As I look around, it doesn't appear that the pandemic has stopped sinful living. Folks still doing things they want to do, uh, uh, things that they uh, want to keep covered up and nobody uh, for nobody to know about, but we've been charged for saving souls and moving the masses toward a transformed life, so we still have to preach and teach the message of repentance and holy living. Amen? On this evening, I want to share with you a message entitled Affliction for the affliction. The vocabulary dictionary says that an affliction is a suffering that one must go through no matter what. This tells me that there's absolutely no way around affliction. That is something that we just have to go through. When we view our world through the current lens of COVID, we have all been afflicted in some way or another, regardless of what country we live in, how famous we are, or how much money we have. This brings to mind King Solomon, who had it all. He had wealth, fame, uh, power. However, in his quest to discover the truth, he lost sight of what truth was. And in that quest, he also lost relationship with God. It was during this time that King Solomon felt very depressed. And he came to realize that all of his successes had come to be meaningless to him. As he reflected on his own, through his own mental affliction, he came to the conclusion that time and chance happens to us all. Ecclesiastics 9 and 11 says that the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor 
to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. In this time of COVID, indeed, no matter how rich, how famous, or how wise we are, I tell you, my brothers and sisters, right now we are all living in a time and chance season. But if we get real about it, affliction was a human condition even before this pandemic. Affliction has always had its place in our lives at some point in time or another. But thanks, thanks to God, nothing lasts forever. And so it shall be even with the affliction we now know as the coronavirus. Uh, this affliction, we can't do anything about. Uh, we must endure it until God delivers us on the other side of this. But in the meantime, we need to know how to live our lives in such a way that we're not bringing more affliction, affliction upon ourselves. Now let's talk a little bit about how we bring affliction upon ourselves and why affliction must come. What do we do when our affliction is us. In our time of affliction, we come to know the word repentance. As we know, King David went from shepherd boy to king. First Samuel 13 and 14 tells us that King David was a man who was after God's very own heart. Yet still, King David had to go through some things. His life was filled with some of the same ups and downs that we face on today. Uh, throughout the 119th chapter of Psalms, King David writes about his own affliction and how he views it through his lens. In Psalms 119.67, he wrote, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. King David is saying that going astray caused his affliction, but now after the pain and after repenting, he is ready and willing to keep God's word. One of the greatest stories of repentance is found within the parable of the prodigal son, which is found in the 15th chapter of St. Luke. The story goes that uh, there was a man who had uh, wealth. He had two sons. The younger son was ready to go out into the world and do his own thing. So he asked for uh, his portion of the family estate as an early inheritance. After receiving his portion, he did travel of to a far off distant land and uh, he began to uh, live wildly and squandered all of his fortune. So now when the money ran out, uh, there was a famine in the land in which he was living. The son ended up in very dire straits and found himself taking a job feeding pigs. 
Eventually, he grew so destitute that he even longed to eat the food that had been assigned to the pigs. The young man finally came to his senses, remembering that his father was rich. In humiliation, he recognized that his foolishness uh, he, he recognized that he had been foolish and he needed to go home and ask his father's forgiveness and mercy. The father who had been watching, waiting, and hoping that his son would return, received him back with a heart of compassion. Oh, the father was so overjoyed of the son's return that he asked the servants to prepare a humongous feast so that they could celebrate. Now the older son reminded the father, Father, I've been here all alone. I've stayed here by your side. How can you do this? He left us here, took all of the money and has wasted it, and now you welcome him back with open arms like this? Oh, he was enraged, but the father explained to him, my, my son, you have always been with me and everything I have has always been yours and will be yours. But your brother was lost, but now he is found. The pain and humiliation that the young son suffered as he hung out with the pigs, brought him back to his senses. He realized that he had brought the affliction upon himself by being hasty, selfish, and hurtful. He realized that he needed to go back and make amends by humbly asking forgiveness. When we choose to be of the world, disconnected from God and not living according to the word of God, we can also find ourselves in humiliating situations, in places where we have no business doing things we have no business doing. But once we've suffered and agonized, oh, <laughs> we become willing to repent and we're able to then submit ourselves back into the loving care of our loving God. See, God's law is perfect and sins must be atoned for. But oh, thankfully, right now, because of his overwhelming love for us, God sent his son to pay our sin debt. So in repentance, God, with a heart full of compassion, will receive us back. For we know that Jesus died so that we could be forever connected to God both here on earth and throughout all of eternity. Then later, in Psalms 119:71, King David writes, It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He's saying, Lord, because I was afflicted, I am now in a better position to live how you require me to live. Let's look at a little toddler who's just starting to walk. They want to touch absolutely everything. We warn them and we protect them as best as we can. 
Yet still, no matter how much we warn them, their fascination and curiosity moves them in the direction of danger. We warn them especially about touching a hot stove. No, little Junior, stop. Don't touch that, we say, but nothing helps. That is until that toddler finally breaks away and is able to touch that hot stove. Now the toddler is willing to stay away from it. It's the same way with us in the Word of God. The Bible gives us clear instruction on how we should live our lives. It tells us which behaviors we should and shouldn't exhibit. Yet it's not until we have given into the temptation and gotten into all sorts of trouble that we can now remember the word of God and we become willing to do what it says. See, God, it's God who has made us and not we ourselves. He made us in the way to walk following Jesus. That's the only way. And the only way to do that is through his word. Now, the last passage of scripture that I'm going to expound on is Psalms 119.75, where King David writes, I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Now, there are times when We've done wrong, we know we're wrong, and we have purposely chosen to do wrong. It's in these times when we know our affliction has come due to our own blatant disobedience. King David is saying here that the word of God is true and his laws must stand, and under those laws, he deserved everything he had coming to him due to his disobedience to God's word. When we don't follow the rules of God, we should not expect the blessings of God. Uh, don't we tell our kids, oh, I'm not going to reward bad behavior, then why would we expect God to do anything other than that? In fact, when we don't do things God's way, however he chooses to deal with us is just and designed to bring us to a place and space where he has already predestined us to be. I'm reminded that throughout my academic career, I was the biggest procrastinator when it came to writing papers. I procrastinated through high school, undergrad, and even in, I tried it in my master's program. And that was until I met good old Dr. Blevins in psychopharmacology. See, the more we can get away with uh, a negative behavior, we don't get better, we actually get worse. See, until this paper, I will wait until the last minute to turn in a paper, and I still manage to get somewhere in the A range. And so looking back, that didn't help me with my procrastinating ways. Fast forward to this paper that would change my life and the way that I would do things. 
Remember I said unchecked negative behavior gets worse, not better over time. Now with this paper, I wasn't just one day late, not two days late, not even a week late, but two whole weeks later, I turned in that paper. So now when I got a return grade of a B, I gave Dr. Blevins that I'm so confused, what's going on with He said, oh, you're wondering why the B and not an A when your paper hit all the criteria for an A. He said, well, you turned it in two weeks late. I had no choice but to give you a B. He went on to say, but thank goodness you didn't wait another week where the highest grade you could have gotten was a, a C. Uh -huh. Okay, so after that, there were no more late papers for me. And this then translated into on-time reports when I entered the workforce. So I look back and I say, oh, it was good that I earned that B. Because it was that that made me change my procrastinating ways when it came to doing paperwork. So when we knowingly go against the word of God, we deserve to be chastised by God. Indeed, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, but waging war through disobedience against the word of God is a battle that none of us will ever win. Oh, but glory to God. He doesn't bring judgment down on us uh, to take us out of the game, but he does it to make us more fruitful, uh, better equipped to do his, uh, his bidding as his as servants of God, men and women of God, seeking to glorify the kingdom. One of God's first commandments to us was to be fruitful, which means to do good, to be helpful, to be productive. So now, just as the grape grower knows how to get more fruit from a grapevine, God knows just how to make us more fruitful. The grape grower cuts prunes back the grapevine, and it's that cutting and pruning that makes the vine overflow with grapes. Then later, it's those same grapes that are pressed down and mashed down to bring forth wine. In this life, we must endure our own process of being cut, pruned, and pressed down. It's in those times that we become willing to abandon ungodly thoughts, actions, in order to align ourselves in obedience with God's plan. That we be productive and fruitful. As Ecclesiastics, uh, the third chapter, uh, tells us in great detail, there is a time and season for every activity under the sun. And that means that there's a time, just as there's a time for affliction, there's a time for breakthrough. Glory to God for breakthrough. As we grow through our time of affliction, we must learn how to make worship our weapon. We've got to learn how to drop down on our knees and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, not just for the good things that happened, but for the bad things that you kept away from me. See, no matter what we're going through, it could always be worse. But for none of us, 
none of us will ever endure the greatest affliction there ever was. And that was the affliction of Jesus Christ who came down and was lied on, accused, beaten, and abused, being crucified for us. Yes, we must learn how to make worship our way. We have to say thank you, Lord, for all things, for your ways are perfect. And no matter what it looks like, we know you're working things out for our good. And we know that the greater the affliction, the greater the breakthrough. Jesus told us that we would do those things that he did and even greater. So just as Jesus had victory after the affliction on the cross as his disciples, so shall we have victory after affliction. I wonder what would happen if people all over the world would just humble themselves, cry out, seek God, and total surrender. What would happen right now with the coronavirus? What would happen? The word said that he would hear us and he would heal our land. I believe so. I believe that the word of God is true. And we have to remember that it is God who is in control and not me. And God's grace is sufficient enough to sustain us during this worldwide uh, affliction. And so in his perfect time, he will deliver us out. Time of season says that all affliction has an expiration date. So after we've endured and cried, the word said joy will come. I pray that God will cover, keep you and your families in these days to come. And that through Jesus Christ, we will bask in God's love and peace in abundance, both here on earth and throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, woman of God. Um, I just want to say uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, whenever you feel led about coming on again, you're more than welcome to do so. Oh, glory. Lord Jesus, I come before you as humble as I know how. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have another um, wonderful podcast, Lord, yes. with um, Minister Darlene Watts. Um Please, Heavenly Father, um, connect me with more Christians, Lord, especially the ones that's in my Christian groups, because that's the whole reason I created the groups in the first place. Also, um, I'm praying over my uh, secular groups, too, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and minds to, for those persons to uh, develop a relationship with you as well, Lord. Yes, Lord. And, Heavenly Father, um, just please, Lord, prove to my enemies, Lord, that you called me to do this great um, task, Lord. Um, perform that miracle on my behalf, Lord. Because again, um, I've been pushed, I've been reaching out, Lord, for 29 years, Lord, to get this, get this um, division up and running, Lord. I wrote the the revised book, Lord, and made it plain in there, Lord. And yet the book is barely uh, selling. Please breathe on that book, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus', in Jesus name. And Heavenly Father, please bless me, Lord, to take uh, to turn that book into that into that film that you um, put in my heart to do because Satan is a lie, Lord. 
I refuse to just um, drop the uh, vision, Lord, because this is my assignment. So, oh, Lord, um, just give me the strength to endure, Lord, um, during my um, Thursdays, uh, Facebook Live events. Even though I am talking, I am talking about secular issues because I can go back and forth, Lord, because I stand on your word, Lord. But Lord oh, Jesus, Lord. but but Lord Jesus, just uh, work out a miracle on my behalf, Lord. I'm not doing this for myself. I don't live in the inner cities anymore. But you put it in my heart, Lord, to have compassion for our young people that's being slaughtered in the streets, Lord. Lord, have mercy on these urban terrorists that's causing havoc, Lord, in the communities, Lord. This is why a lot of um people don't want to work with me too, Lord. They don't want to um, go into those high crime um, war zones. And I don't blame them, Lord, but still, Heavenly Father, those kids, the innocent children, don't, a lot of them that's don't even have nothing to do with what's going on with um, the drugs and all those things, cr criminality that's taking place, Lord. But they're being slaughtered, Lord. So just please, Heavenly Father, just give me the strength, Lord, to, um, first of all, Lord, to make a quality film, Lord, to reach the masses, Lord. Yes. Again, I don't claim any credit from, from the ideas, Lord, um, that I've written in that book, Lord. You're the one that gave me those um, ideas. So I give you all the credit um, for those ideas, Lord. And I thank you for allowing me to use my life, Lord, to um, to try to be a, a blessing for others, Lord. But um, the main thing, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm asking for is um, please let this film get fully funded and made, Lord. Um, yes, Lord, uh, COVID-19 is out here. That's a, uh, another uh, setback, Lord. But um we want to try to use wisdom, Lord, as we uh, try to um, do this film, Lord, in a safe uh, manner. Um, and Heavenly Father, uh, I want to be able to um, be a blessing to our brothers and sisters that's on the continent. Touch their hearts and minds, Lord, to receive, Lord, what we are going to bring to the continent, Lord. In Jesus' name. We want to be able, Lord, to um, create jobs for um, our inner city youth, Lord, um, through this uh, Christian business, Lord. And we also want to connect uh, with the um, African continent, Lord, our brothers and sisters over there. We want to be able, Lord, to um, encourage our black middle class professionals, Lord, to help us manage this organization, Lord, because they have those talents and skills that we need to make this organization effective and successful, Lord, for years to come, just like um, our people did during Black Wall Street. We want to make Chicago a model first because what's going on here in Chicago is um, happening in all the inner cities in America, Lord. So we want to make Chicago that model first to build it up. Um, and I want to turn the, the business over, Lord, to qualified uh, people, Lord, that's going to help manage the organization. And I want to be able to take my talents and skills, Lord, to the continent. The Heavenly Father, bless me to um, attract uh, the best of the, the diaspora, Lord. So when we do go to the... Um, African continent, Lord, we will be able, Lord, to help with um, help uh, improve Af 
Africa's uh, infrastructure, Lord. Starting in South Africa, Lord, and uh, you put in my heart and mind to uh, expand it to 10 African nations, Lord. Yes. Also, Lord, we want to encourage our members, Lord, that's here in the diaspora, Lord, to apply, those that's willing and want to, to apply for dual citizenship. Instead of sitting up here begging these financial elites, Lord, for um, peace, justice, and equality. They're not going to... Black, black Americans has been in America for 400 years now, and they're still doing the same thing, um, trying to rely on these financial elites rather than for us to pull our resources together, Lord. Have mercy on my racial group, though, Lord. Also, Heavenly Father, um, have mercy on these uh, road cops that's killing uh, innocent black men and black women, Lord. This, this is just horrible, Lord. That's what's going on. But anyway, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, you've set us free. There's no reason why yes. black Americans have to still sit up here and be treated as second class citizens. This is what you told me to um, come forth, Lord, and tell them that we can up and leave out of this uh, negative uh, system, Lord. This is what you're calling me to do. But Lord, um, again, just give me the strength to be able to uh, deliver what you called me to do. I'm not, some people try to say that I'm trying to act like I'm Moses, but I'm not trying to claim any uh, titles, Lord. All I know, Lord, is um, I'm going to do the best that I can, Lord, um, given to the assignment that you have given me, Lord. And um, non-black uh, sympathizers are welcome to join us. I want people to understand that, but it's black people's responsibility to build it. Because this is our business. So please, Lord Jesus, um, help me be able to um, attract those people, Lord, in my lifetime. Um, and Lord Jesus, let uh, our secular